Bitcoin Roundtable. Random musings and interviews about Bitcoin. Hi everybody, it's Darren here and welcome to Bitcoin Roundtable podcast number 18. Got it right this week. I wasn't going to ask this time. I, <laughs> I wasn't going to tell you. Yeah, I'm here with Vince and Libby. Hi everybody. Hello. We're here to discuss all things Bitcoin. And a little bit of other things. And some other stuff. We'll uh, get right to it. Vince, what'd you learn this week? <laughs> well, I'm glad you asked. I know we have a lot of listeners who live outside the Ontario area, but we have a large uh, corporation here called Hydro One. Oh, all right into Hydro? I gotta you're go. Not, you're not even gonna like... Oh my god. Okay. I thought we were gonna talk about Ed Sheeran. <laughs> I got to talk about hydro because I was driving over here today and it was burning me. So I got to talk about hydro for a minute. You got a bug in your butt about hydro. I'm sure there's a few people out there that would like the rant. So I'm going to go on for a little bit. So Hydro One supplies our hydroelectricity for Ontario. And they are, I believe, more than half owned by taxpayers and half of it is private or 40% is private. Not quite sure on those numbers. Well, if you're going to rant about something, you better know what you're talking about. I thought you were going away. Hydro, I think 60% of their shares are now public, so we own 40%. Okay. Thank you, Darren. You're welcome. So the Hydro One board decided the other day, just before their annual general meeting, that they were going to vote themselves raises. Oh, I heard about this on the radio. So they all got together in a room and they all decided that they should get raises. These raises have totaled about $14 million, basically taking Hydro One's board of directors who are part-time board members most of them show up for about six to eight meetings and they will be making $185,000 to show up for these meetings. Canadian dollars though that's really like $20 US. Okay so Darren has come back. (laughs) My point being is that they voted for the board chair to get a $70,000 increase putting his salary up to $330,000 a year to show up for about six meetings as a part-time board member. And as Darren pointed out already, 40% of this money is taxpayer money. Well, my, no, no, no. I own 40% of it. 40% is coming from my pocket. Hey, it's gorilla math, all right? All the money coming into hydro is from taxpayers, from people who live in Ontario who pay bills. Just... I'm sorry. So 100% of the money is coming from taxpayers. Even was. My buddy Doug Ford also lost his mind over this. Yeah. He called for the resignation of the entire board. Okay. And this is just a couple of days into it, so I can't wait to hear the backlash that comes from this. And Andrea Horvath said something similar though, didn't she? Oh, well, nobody can support tell, this. Tell everyone who Andrea Horvath is. The NDP leader? Yes. In Ontario? Correct. I don't Wait, know what Wynne has said. I believe Wynne really said much about it, but no. she definitely didn't support the race. They called for a review on it. There's a committee that reviews raises. How are you able to vote yourself a race? It's a public corporation now. It's not owned by Ontario now. Do whatever they want. It's what board of directors do. Whatever they want. And if the shareholders don't like it, then they can get voted out. Ousted. Yep. Okay, so that's my Ontario Hydro rant, and I I don't need to go on anything more about it. Did you hear about Doug Ford hiring actors to make him look big and clever? Make him look big and clever? He hired actors at the premier debate to cheer him on. (laughs) (laughs) Hmm. Doug, he... Vince isn't saying anything into that. (laughs) 
Oh, I don't think he's the first or the last to ever do it. Chicanery on all sides. I'm sure politics is the same anywhere you go. See, now the road's all sour because you went off in this hydro rant right off the bat. Oh. What about our questions from Instagram? All right, what are your questions from Instagram? Well, we've been asked to talk about Litecoin. Okay. Hang on, let me just get Instagram up. We've got another comment. Oh, is there angry comments in there? No, never. Oh, I'm surprised there's no angry comments yet. So many comments, like the Instagram little emojis, like smoking hot and got lots of the money emoji. Oh, I need some money emoji. Mm -hmm. Coin price said, gorgeous, love it, to a picture of you and Vince. Yeah. And hang on, where's my one from Ethereum King? Sato She Capital. Satoshi. A Satoshi Capital. I should know that. Satoshi Nakamoto. Crypto definitely won't be at this discount for too long. That's true. We I think. trade HQ want to know about Litecoin. Ethereum King wants to know which coin is going to yeah. launch. No, they want to know what are the up and comers, right? Yeah, yeah. What do we think are going to be the next up and coming coins? Oh, I see. Well, Unfortunately for me, I've been getting a lot of my time pulled away from crypto, so I haven't been on the crypto research wagon like I was earlier. But I'm assuming you've spent a lot of time at events. Well, we can help. We can talk a little bit about Litecoin. From what I know, it is one of the largest cryptos out there right now. I believe it's the fourth largest. It was uh, created by a former Google engineer. He's reading this, by the way, people. Well, how else do you find out your information if you don't read it? Charlie Lee. Thank you, Charlie Lee, former Google engineer. Correct. I thought you said you didn't know much about it. Well, I know a little bit. All right. Charlie Lee created Litecoin. No, he didn't. Well, he kind of did, but it's a fork of Bitcoin. He created Litecoin. Well, it's a fork of Bitcoin. It's an old, old, old Bitcoin fork. What's a fork? Isn't every crypto a fork? No. When was Litecoin forked from Bitcoin? It doesn't say when it was forked. It says it started in 2011. So before Litecoin existed, there was Bitcoin. Sure there was. And then when Charlie Lee decided he was going to do a fork of Bitcoin and call it Litecoin in 2011, at the time of the fork, all of a sudden, instead of at block number whatever on Bitcoin, at the end of that block, once that block is processed, after that point, Bitcoin is split. So a certain number of nodes or such would follow the Litecoin split and then certain other nodes would follow the Bitcoin split. So it effectively was one coin before the split that turned into two coins. So would it be a hard fork or a soft fork? That one, I believe, was a hard fork. Now, it wasn't contentious at all. It was a friendly fork. There wasn't two rioting factions that wanted to go their own direction, and then a fork occurred because of that. It was just Charlie Lee wanted to decrease the time between block transactions. I believe it's 2.5 minutes instead of 10. He wanted to create a fork of Bitcoin and call it Litecoin in that the transaction time was faster. There was more coins out there. So basically with the intention of having a Litecoin become more stable because of the larger number of coins, cheaper, 
with cheaper transaction times and faster transaction times. And I would say up to this point, it's pretty much succeeded in that regard. It's a very popular coin carried by all yeah. exchanges. And both you and I have actually used Litecoin yeah. for keeping transaction costs yeah. down. Buy with one crypto to buy another crypto. When moving yeah. value across the chain, especially in December and January. So just a question back to the fork. Yeah. So Litecoin can be a fork of Bitcoin. Still doesn't share any history with the Bitcoin blockchain. And then that's why it's considered separate alternative cryptocurrency to Bitcoin. When you fork, when you do a fork of Bitcoin, you can call it anything you want. It can still run on a separate blockchain. There's Bitcoin Private, there's Bitcoin Diamond, there's Bitcoin Cash or Bcash. There's just numerous different forks of Bitcoin. Well, one of the most interesting things about Litecoin is that the development on Litecoin has been quite active. And basically, they were the first ones to implement the Lightning Network, um, the segregated witness concepts. And what you're also seeing is a lot of the programmers that, you know, send commits to GitHub, basically update code or test code or make the code better. Litecoin, they also do the same for Bitcoin. So a lot of the programmers actually work on both coins. In some ways, like any good things that are coming up for Bitcoin, Litecoin almost is a mirror image of those same concepts. Both coins are kind of improving, you could almost argue, at, at a fairly even rate. Oh, you mean as far as uh, how they're fluctuating, Litecoin and Bitcoin? Well, no, like if I want to add some, some code to Bitcoin to improve it somehow, yeah, okay, I, yes, I can right. easily add it to Litecoin too. The same code, it's, right. It's easy to work on both, and because of that, they're both getting quite good. Now, will Litecoin overtake Bitcoin as the number one coin? Some people think so. It's had a lot of interesting movement in the last couple of years. Really interesting. You know, with the Lightning Network coming up with Bitcoin, a lot of the real bigger issues that people have had with Bitcoin that Litecoin seemed to solve, they're becoming much less problematic. So I believe Costs per transactions are going to continue to decline for both. If the Lightning Network fails in Bitcoin, it's almost argue it's impossible for it to do so. You could see Litecoin overtaking Bitcoin. Everyone knows Bitcoin. And, you know, my, my general view on coins, period, don't go all in on one, right? Sure, I own a, a large percentage stake of my holdings in Bitcoin. But Litecoin, I mean, you could see it maybe double in value, whereas Bitcoin may just hold its value over the next year. You don't know where it's going to go. What you can pretty much see is that Litecoin isn't going to go away. It's it's a proven technology. It's been around for oh, seven years now. It's one of the big guys. To me, if you're going to look at crypto as an investment, you have the smart contract type of coins like Ethereum or EOS. And I don't want to get myself in trouble because I, I don't understand some of the newer ones. Omis Go. Apparently, Omis Go is uh, quite similar to EOS. Maybe only one will win out. And that's kind of why I hold both. It's basically trying to keep your risk exposure down. I own some Bitcoin. I would say it's probably worthwhile owning a bit of Litecoin in there too in case Litecoin really starts to increase in value and maybe Bitcoin doesn't. Did you say Ripple? Yeah, I mean, it depends on your own beliefs. I'm not a big fan of centralized coins. I do, I do, I do believe Bitcoin. banks have a lot of power and if they want to push Ripple into the 
forefront. I would say, though, if you're going to hold Ripple, then you should be holding Stellar, too, because those coins right. are kind of competing against each other. Is there room eventually for both? My general feeling is that one will shake the other out. So, hey, you know, what if I put all my money in Stellar and all of a sudden, for whatever reason, Ripple takes over and, and Stellar just goes away, right? Whereas if I held both, I'd... Yeah, get a little bit of both. Right. Yeah, I hear you there. I'm saying with the Ethereum-style coin, there's some big predictions for Ethereum to really start to to pop. Unfortunately, I just haven't followed it enough. I do know enough that I should be investing some percentage of my investments in it, for sure. I would buy $10 worth of Ethereum. $10 worth of Ethereum. Okay. That's good. Can you do it for me? No. Then I won't do it. According to KuCoin, Litecoin prediction is going to be up and around $600 by the end of the year. Yeah, it's possible. The best recommendation I can say is make sure you know what you're investing in. Especially, I mean, uh, I took a good look at Litecoin. I know how many million coins are out there. Available supply, 56.5 million Litecoin. When the mining is complete, if all the Litecoin is out and distributed, I don't know when that year is. I think it's 85 million total Litecoin. As opposed to... Bitcoin, which is at 21. Right, so 17 million current, 21 at the end. Maybe with the Litecoin fork if, of Bitcoin, if they kept the same numbers. Yeah, I think I misspoke too. I think it's 2080 that the Bitcoin is mined until... So. That was last week instead of 2040, correct? Yeah, I think yeah, 2080. 2080. Okay, thanks for the correction. Yeah, I learned something new there. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, Darren gave a really good example of what Litecoin was and where it came from, but... Uh, well, it wasn't that great. It was okay. You know, buy a little bit of Litecoin. Put it in your portfolio. Have a couple of cryptos because it's going to be Bitcoin, it's going to be Ripple, it's going to be Litecoin or any one of the other 33,000. To add to it, right? Sure, you know, I got a little crazy in December and January there when things were flying and bought Footy Cash. Oh. I bought Rimbit and ODN. The most interesting things about those coins are uh, Rimbit is basically dead. Cryptopia basically said they're delisted on the exchange so I've... It's dead. I lost all that. I had some DFS coin and uh, they did delisted that as well so I wound up downloading a DFS coin client on my computer just so I could transfer it off Cryptopia. Learn from my mistakes. Be very careful what you're buying. <laughs> sure I made some money on some crypto as well right but overall I would say I'm about break even. I think I had mod and I, I did a four or five times my initial investment on that. And I actually had a nice sell order in there. So instead of just watching your coins go up in value and then all of a sudden the week goes by and you look again and it's back down 10% of what it used to be. Like Sometimes you have to be willing to actually hit the button and sell some of your coins. Now, and the opposite side of that is I bought some Stellar and it tripled in value and I sold it. You know, and then I watched it go up basically 10 times from there. So. <laughs> <laughs> it, it's always a learning experience. Don't go all in on anything. Diversify. Make sure you're putting your money into coins that have a good use case. You've done some research on them and you're pretty sure they're not a scam. Been a lot of coins out there. I got into Verge and had a huge profit on that and got out. And then there was some rumors of a scam going on that. And I think that one, it just dove the value. I think it was basically all FUD. It's not Whoa. a scam anymore. And then it's back up in value. For crypto, I guess, you see a big spike in value. Maybe take some money off the table. Sometimes the coin's so early 
early and that's obviously when you want to buy in before the big money comes in i guess if you see it pop a bit get some money off the table and let the rest ride but diversification is huge because yeah. if i didn't diversify i could have very well lost a lot of money luckily I, you know i diversified into some pretty decent coins like enigma modem i put some money into salt like a fool and I think that's probably almost at zero now but uh, <laughs> you learn a lot but you really got to do a lot of research i was deep into it for quite a few months come out a bit I've heard a lot of good things about Elastos. Elastos. I haven't researched it to the point where I'm comfortable discussing it yet. I do have a bit of money in the request network as well as extra bytes because they seem at the time like fairly solid projects with some chance of actually doing well and some good longevity. Okay. Um, now, you know, things can turn on a dime. You, know, you never know where you're at down the line i've made a couple good choices along with my bad choices i guess good, good. if i went all in though on one coin i'd be a pretty sad camper right now probably because a lot of the coins i picked did not do well speaking of doing well where is bitcoin this week uh 85 8600 okay so down 900 to a thousand from last week Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, it's trying to crack the 10,000, and it's some big resistance, so... Oh, who knows? They, some pretty powerful sellers send it back down. Will it come back? Probably, I don't know, might go down further first. Mm -hmm. I mean, heck, there's still people online out there calling for it to go to 1,000, 2,000. A lot of calls for, like, the 7,200 to 7,500 area mm. as a final push down before it really starts to gain momentum. You know, I've been reading a lot of signals today from uh, some of the larger investment groups saying this is kind of a good area for a long-term buy. So... I don't know. I'm not going to tell you Bitcoin's going to go up. My personal feeling is it's kind of getting ready to march forward a bit. If I'm wrong as much as I'm right, then what good is that? <laughs> if you want to get some recommendations, go to tradingview.com, type in Bitcoin. Yeah. There's a lot of people to tell you where it's going and with absolute oh. conviction, but you read 10 different points and they all tell you that it's going 10 different ways. So, well, Nobody knows where it's going to go. My general sense though, maybe from a more macro perspective, if you look up the number of Bitcoin longs versus Bitcoin shorts, basically if everybody's betting it to go up, it's yep. going to go down. They're going to send it down to try to basically get your money out of you. And if more people are betting it to go short, then it's going to go up. Yeah. And it's going to bounce around, taking out all the shorts and longs and liquidating all these leveraged bets. And then when they've cleaned everybody out, then it's just going to go up. <laughs> <laughs> That's a very cynical view. Well, we, we actually want people to buy cryptos. I've, I've seen it happen. I'm all for cryptos. Let's but, not scare everybody off. But if you're making high leverage bets on where Bitcoin's going to go, mm -hmm. I don't understand it. It goes the wrong way. You get cleaned out. Just... Be careful with the risk because there's people out there that can literally see the number of longs and shorts out there and they actively hunt them. Greed kills, right? Yeah, yeah, for sure. Libby, you're awfully quiet tonight. Because I'm posting on Instagram making you famous. Oh, famous. I always wanted to be rich, not famous. I don't want to be famous. <laughs> Honestly, I like doing the podcast because when I go online I love to read and learn I just want to read more about Bitcoin there's never enough out there so I figure if we make a podcast then that's just something else that somebody can just listen to and that talks about cryptocurrency and we're still having fun and as long as they keep making wine we might as well keep doing it 
Yeah. Talking of wine, does anyone know how much Johnny Depp spends on wine a month? 50 million. Uh, Not that much, but it's still a lot. 400,000. 40,000. It was $30,000. 30,000? I don't understand. Does he have a lot of parties where he entertains? Oh, I don't know what he does with the wine. Oh, okay. Well, I don't know. Like, you want to have a really good bottle of wine, maybe it's a thousand bucks a bottle. A bottle a day. Yeah, that's true. Thousand dollars a bottle of wine. You ever had a bottle of wine for a thousand dollars? Nope. I was in Vegas though and there was a bottle of wine at the restaurant I was at that was for sale for 5,000 yeah it was on the menu for a bottle of wine yeah 1940s I've got an old friend who I went to school with who now is famous in the wine world and I have friends with him on Facebook he was a very good friend at school and he's called The Wine Chap in London you can google him and he's called Tom Tom The Wine Chap he recently posted on Facebook that he invests in wine. Now, this is his business. Now he's like a celebrity. Mm -hmm. He's into champagne now because he says it's a quick return. But he's, you know, bought bottles of wine for £1,000 and then sold them for £10,000. You have to be confident in your ability to know wine. If you know your wine, then it's a moneymaker. Do you know who sells the most wine in the world? I don't know. Robert Mondavi. Ah, no. Costco. Really? In the States? No, in the world. Oh, Costco's a global? They got a global footprint. Maybe they call themselves something else. They're not in England. Not that many people live in England. There's not that many people that live in England. There's a lot of people that drink in England. Mm, Yeah, that's true. How many people live in England? Loads of people live in England. What, 40 million? There's 30 million in London. 65.64 million. 65? Australia is 24 million. France is 66 million. So that includes Scotland and Ireland? United Kingdom, yeah. And Wales? Yeah, and Northern Ireland. Canada's only 36 million, so that's half the population of Britain. Vince? I don't know, I'm aware of that. Oh, you are? Yeah. Okay, well, there you go. So back to Costco. Is that just in the States? Uh, No, that is worldwide. Uh, Costco might not be there, but they are in other parts of the world, yeah. Costco. Because I watched the Costco documentary. No, you watched it. It was really good. They don't sell wine in the Canadian Costcos. No? Oh, they're not allowed. Not in Ontario, anyways. But you can buy wine anywhere in Europe. You can walk two seconds from my parents' house and go to the shop and buy wine. That's like the way normal life should be yes and a lot of that's just mom and pop shops right right but we're talking about large companies uh, you can buy wine in tesco same i don't know like, vince i'm not so sure about that no, stuff you don't get costco in france germany I- and i googled it costco is one of the largest one of the that's different i could probably find a website when i asked who is the largest the first thing that popped up it's was costco. ed sheeran we're not costco. talking about ed sheeran i wanted to talk about johnny depp and his wine oh i'm sorry yes so we're back to johnny think about well, what he does with thirty thousand dollars for the wine well he's actually now dealing with bankruptcy but that's probably because he bought a caribbean string of islands and two private jets. We and should have him on our show. They basically went through all of his expenses and it was like hilarious. I like the French village the best. That was my favorite. Bought a French village. Yeah. Drinking whatever we all drink. Man, but I'm not I've, judging I've him. I know I'm more in awe of the fact that he spends $30,000 a month on wine. That's Jeez. not hard. If you're entertaining people, like yeah. he's got a big house and he has a party once a week or even once yeah, a month. True. That's true. If I'm bringing in a quarter billion dollars, I probably would too. Yeah, but you bought too many islands. Now you're broke. (laughs) Well, 
What's going on? Do you on? need more than one island? Well, he's got a string of islands. But do you need more than one island? He needs a string. What if you have guests over? They can't come on your island? What, what's his net worth right now? It was a lot of billions. Maybe it was 260 million. My feeling is Dap should be hitting the quarter billion to 350 million. I still say he's worth 400 million. Oh, 400 million, okay. No, it was on the radio, so maybe it was fake news. Well, maybe he's claimed bankruptcy so he doesn't have to get into some alimony issues. <laughs> well, Amber Heard is... She's his ex-wife? She's doing fine. She needs Tesla money, that's... Oh, yeah, she got tired of Johnny money. <laughs> A string of islands. Yeah, well, Elon's well, making islands into space, man. She might be the first woman on Mars setting the record. Well, I hope he'll get another Pirates film so he can pay off all his debts. Are they going to give him another one, do you think? I think so. Yeah, they all did well, didn't they? Yeah. Oh, so he's just spending money he hasn't made yet. But he's got a lot of assets too, though, right? So I don't see an issue. Oh, as long as they're all paid for. <laughs> Why do you sell one off? Who cares? You only have nine islands instead of ten. Okay, everyone. Thanks for listening. May the coins forever fall in your favor. Have a good night, everybody. <laughs> Bitcoin Roundtable. Random musings and interviews about Bitcoin.